Welcome to the first episode of Things I Say to My Cat. In this first episode, I'll talk about talking. I'll also talk about silence and process and community. It's pretty obvious that I'm not a sound editor. So you're going to hear some weird background noises, including me talking with my hands, which apparently is something that can be heard through a microphone. Also, the sound quality is just not that great. And for a communications major, I say, uh, a lot. So just listen with grace and hopefully you'll enjoy. Let's get talking. Well, we're doing this, or at least I guess we are. And by we, I mean me, Amber, and my cat CJ, who I'm currently staring at right now. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Things I Say to My Cat. Why are we doing this? That is a fabulous question. I never thought on this whatever day it is of the time that I've been sequestered in my apartment that I would be making a podcast. But friends have told me they like to hear my voice and goodness knows I like to talk. So here we are talking to myself and talking to my cat. I have no idea what I'm doing, I'm just going to admit that off the bat, but I downloaded an app on my phone, I have some big pillows to cushion the walls, I heard that's supposed to help with the sound, I don't have a closet big enough for me to fit into, so this will not be coming to you from a a podcast closet, but I'm here, I've got my phone, and I'm doing this. But why? Why really am I doing this? A lot of it is just, I like to talk. I wanted to create a space where I could talk, I could share ideas and thoughts that I have without a fear of self-editing. If you know me or have any glimpse of the inside of my brain, you know that I tend to base what I'm going to say off of who's listening to it. Some of that, I think, is just an occupational hazard of having a degree in communications, but a lot of it is from a place of insecurity. I'm afraid that what I'm saying is going to be too much, not enough, that I'll say the wrong thing, I'll offend somebody. And so I do a lot of editing. But here, I'm going to try to not do that. I'm going to try to say what I'm thinking, what's on my mind, and we'll see what happens. So, needless to say, this is a little bit terrifying, but I have no idea who I'm talking to. I am talking to my cat, hence the name, things I say to my cat. So that being said, I did decide it'd be a good idea to have some rules because I'm me. I like rules to some extent. To another extent, I like to break them. Maybe one day we'll get into the psychology of my feelings on rules, but I figured it's a good place to start out with a couple of ground rules especially since I have no idea what this is or what it's going to be. So, rule number one, land the plane. I paused because in my mind I say that with an expletive in between, but I'm trying to work on my use of language. So, land the plane, Amber. That being said, I guarantee you that this will be filled with tangents in Welcome to the wild ride that is my brain, where thoughts don't seem to be linear, go up and down like a roller coaster, and it's just going to be a crazy place. But I'm going to do my best to land the plane at the end of an episode. 
That being said, I'm not going to try to make it a clean ending. I think some by personality of wanting to have certainty of things and others by feeling like questions can be a scary place or I owe it to someone to have a closing thought. Again, the whole communications thing, also the whole attorney thing. I often find myself wanting to wrap things up in a bow, to have a clean ending, something to give whoever I'm talking to. I do it in text conversations. I do it in emails. Goodness knows I do it if I'm writing something longer. And of course, professionally, I have to do it. But I want to find that sweet spot of bringing my thoughts together in a way that makes it worth it to have been listening to this. But also, I want to be true to who I am and where I'm at. So I don't want to find some way to make the ending super happy, super joyful, super meaningful, super intentional. I want to be honest with where I'm at, but I do want to find some way to end it, some way to land the plane. So it might be a question. It might be a coherent thought. I have no idea, but I'm going to do my best to land the plane. Rule number two, I'm going to be honest. Like I said, I often self-edit things that I say. And in this space, I want to take the the time to be honest, to be honest to myself and in turn to be honest to whoever you are who's listening. I'm giving myself permission to speak freely, which I'm pretty sure is the name of a book that's on my reading list that I have not read, but definitely should. So, honesty. And tangents. Welcome to the show. This isn't a rule, but there are only two rules. Land the plane, be honest. But it's maybe a warning. This is going to get weird. If nothing else, because I have no idea what I'm doing, it's bound to be weird. And also, I promise you my brain is a super bizarre place to be sometimes. I'm going to do my best not to say crazy, but it's a strange place to be and you're going to get an inside look to Amber's brain. So I'm just warning you, it's going to be weird, but I think slash and maybe sure that most of you will enjoy it. And I say this with um, a little bit of a backstory. So I've got a group of friends that I'm on a text thread with. They're some of my best friends from law school. They have been with me through so much over the years. We call ourselves the long distance love for it right now. If you're jealous, you 100% should be. We have a Spotify playlist together and everything. It's amazing. And none of them had had a chance to see my apartment that I'm living in now before. They've seen photos or whatever, but haven't ever gotten a grand tour. A couple weeks ago, one of them asked me to do a video tour of the apartment. And since it was, I think, a Friday night in the middle of quarantine and I had nothing else to do, I decided to pour myself a glass of wine and give them a video tour of my apartment. Now, also being the person who can't always figure out technology, I decided I would do this um, on my iPhone, of course, but I thought you could flip the camera from selfie view to outside world view in a normal camera mode while you continuously film. If you can, 
I can't figure it out. So I did what I've seen all the Instagram celebrities do, and I went to Instagram. Don't worry, didn't do an Instagram live, but I sent a series of Instagram videos to my friends of doing an instant tour of my apartment. Now, if you've ever tried to film anything on Instagram, you know that there's not a lot of space to put everything in one clip. You have a bunch of tiny little clips. So my friends on a Friday evening got themselves a video of me with a glass of rosé wandering around the barely 400 square feet of my apartment, giving them the tour with quite the commentary. Add to this picture the fact that I was what can only generously be described as shimmering from hauling trash out of my apartment and looked like it was truly a Friday evening on goodness knows what day of quarantine. So they got to see the weirdness in there. You're going to hear the weirdness here, but it's going to be an adventure. If nothing else, it'll hopefully be amusing. So thank you in advance and enjoy the ride. Episode one, what to talk about? That is a great question. And as I thought about this whole idea of a podcast and people kept saying, oh, you should do a radio show or a podcast. And by kept, I mean, it was two separate friend groups, so not a huge sample size. But anyway, as this thought kept coming to my mind, the thing that I kept coming back to was the whole idea of talking in general. I like to talk. I've said this probably multiple times throughout the episode and will probably say it again. But I do really like to talk. I like to share stories. I like to share ideas. I like to share random thoughts that come through my brain, which are often why my stories are not super linear or they're hyper linear and you get every minute detail. Because at the bottom of the day, I just want someone to see inside my brain, to see what the world through Amber's eyes looks like, which is interesting and slightly counterintuitive because a lot of my behavior are things that are designed to keep people out or to keep a wall up. But anyways, this is not going to become Amber doing therapy on podcasts to herself. Talking. I like to talk. And I was thinking about kind of my views about voices and people and just the noise that we consume on a daily basis. If you're anything like me, you have probably listened to, watched, or read more in the last several months than you have in a really long time. But I don't know about you, but I'm not doing a lot of talking these days. Most of that's because I'm stuck in my apartment with just me and the cat. And thankfully, I think I haven't really been talking to her that much. So the talking I do is through my computer on the occasional Zoom call, which I'm not doing a ton of those for work, or the social Zoom calls, which happen fairly regularly, but not, again, not every day. I'm not having the random one-off conversations with people I'd see in the hallway or on the subway, which I don't think I was ever really that person to talk on the subway, but you never know who you'd run into. 
So I'm not doing a lot of talking. I'm not having a lot of phone conversations. I'm probably texting more. But I know I'm consuming a lot. I'm listening to a lot. I'm allowing a lot of different voices to be in my head. And also at the same time, I've started wrestling with this idea of silence. Or more the practice of silence. Which... As an extrovert who's been stuck in her apartment by herself, I don't know if this time was maybe the best time to pursue a practice of silence, but I actually think it was the perfect time. By personality, I often have to be forced into doing things at least once. Once I know I like it, I'll do it, and I'm a creature of habit in a lot of ways, and I'll keep doing things that I like hence the baking addiction that I have had for decades. But silence wasn't something I was going to enter into easily. Uh, I think of it a lot in context of uh, Sabbath or rest, which if you are close to me, you know that in the last couple months, I guess if we're going to be honest, now it's been like half a year, I've been wrestling and starting to practice this idea of Sabbath, of taking 24 hours to disconnect to an extent, but mostly just to rest, to worship, to enjoy the things that I have. And that has looked really differently as I've been trying to figure it out. But a lot of it comes down to limiting or eliminating social media use for those 24 hours. Um, I don't typically watch Netflix or um, movies or anything that's digital entertainment in that time. Um, I try to limit how much I'm on my phone, which is harder now because I do want to be able to still keep in touch with people. But I try to take time to rest, to cut down a lot of the noise that's going on around me. But anyways how I got to that practice was not something that one day I was just like, oh, Amber, Sabbath. You should figure out what Sabbath means and practice that every day or once a week. It came from a place of, I was really sick for a couple days um, and I'd taken time off from work for those days to just try to recover and to get some energy back. But I felt absolutely wiped, like I couldn't do anything. And as I was in my apartment on the tail end of that, um, I was bored out of my mind, which is hilarious. In hindsight, it was only a couple of days. But I was listening to a couple different podcasts, and all of them happened to be on rest. And all of them talked about what it is to enter in purposefully to a time of rest. And... A couple of them each mentioned uh, the same verses from Matthew 11, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. But I never quite had understood that before. Um, this whole, like, my burden is easy, my yoke is light, never made sense. Because I'm like, burdens aren't easy and yokes are never light. So I really don't get the metaphor. But after having those multiple podcasts back to back, with the same theme and the same verses. And then on the tail end of that, um, I had agreed to go to hear a pastor and an author speak at one of our sister churches. So I 
being a person who tries to keep commitments, went to this event, even though I wasn't feeling super great. And it was amazing because he was also one of the people who I had heard on a podcast earlier. And he continued to talk about this practice of Sabbath and of rest. So all that being said, it took me being sick to decide to enter into that time of rest, into that time of Sabbath. And apparently it took me a quarantine to decide to explore the practice of silence, which still not quite figuring out. I think I have a general idea. This might delve into a podcast on a later date. But all that to say, the thinking about the practice of silence has made me think a lot about words, which may or may not make sense to you. And in that thinking about the practice of silence, I wrestled a lot with the, like just the thought itself. I think initially I came into my desire to think more about Sabbath from a place of fear. I know I definitely did that with Sabbath. I was terrified about how to do it as an extrovert. I was afraid of the things I would miss out on. And with Sabbath, I again started thinking about what are you afraid of, Amber? What could be the worst thing that happens if you force yourself to be silent? And the first thing that came to mind, which is the main thing, is, Amber, if you are silent, the only noise, the only thoughts, the only anything happening is going to be what's inside your head. And that was terrifying. I had no desire to spend a long amount of time in my head and seeing the wonderful delights that awaited me there. But that's got to be the point, right? Like The whole practice of silence is going to bring up stuff that's in us. So I decided you know, whatever, I've got nothing else to do. I can read a book on silence and figure out what it means to practice silence. What I didn't quite expect, though, was this idea that some have that silence, yes, it's going to bring a lot up, but there's a way to quiet that ticker tape that's in your mind, which maybe you know if you do, congrats, but it was revolutionary to me. The idea that I could exist in silence without this mental ticker tape parade of all sorts of thoughts going through my mind. I still have not figured it out. I'm far from figuring it out. But I think I'm starting to get that it could be possible or believe it's possible. But back to this idea of talking. I'm talking less or maybe more. Who knows? But I'm definitely at least right now talking in a space where I'm just kind of saying everything. Uh, I'm exploring what it would be like to show up in a space without fear, without the worry that whatever I'm going to say is going to be too much, without the worry that someone doesn't want to hear my voice, that my voice doesn't matter. As I started thinking about this whole idea of talking freely, I realized there are certain patterns in the way that I talk. And I think the ways that many of us talk, I'm sure we've all heard the whole statistic about women say, I'm sorry, more often than men. Um, We apologize when we walk into rooms, when we ask for things in emails. 
So I'm going to try not to do that in this podcast. I'm not perfect, so I'm sure I'll do it. But I don't want to apologize for my ideas and my thoughts. And I don't say that from a space of I am right about everything in the world and everyone else kind of needs to fall in order. I am not saying that at all. I by no means think that I have some trove of wisdom to impart to the world. I would strongly disagree with that idea. Um, Most days I feel like I barely have my life together. But I think there's something to be said that we each see the world from a unique place, a unique point of view. And sometimes those experiences are glumped, grouped (laughs) or lumped into categories where we have similar perspectives, but no one is ever going to have the exact same perspective that we do. If nothing else, none of us will live the exact same day. I'm sure some of you who might be quarantined with other people live similar days right now, but you're still not living the same day. You each have your own baggage or history or expectations that you're bringing into the day that starts how you first filter the day. You're doing different things. So we all have these different experiences. And because of that, we all have things to bring to the table. Which I guess brings me to another thought. Do we talk only because it has value? And how much of what we do do we determine over whether or not it's valuable, whether it's productive, whether or not it will bring good? I've been wrestling with that idea a little bit more in quarantine as I've thought about new hobbies to explore, which laughable the list I made for myself at the beginning of this I didn't know how hard just existing would be but I think I filter a lot of what I do what I say the decisions I make through the lens of is it valuable is it good for me is it good for others does it contribute to anyone's growth including my own is it a benefit and I think there's a part of that that's good, but I also question some of that. I know that, yes, especially as believers, we're supposed to to do good, do justice, all those things. But I think there comes a point when we have to stop filtering everything through this lens of, is X going to contribute Y to society? And maybe some things... We just do because they're fun. Some things maybe we just say because it's true. I don't know. But then there's the whole question of like, should we only say things that are true? Which I think, yes. If American politics say anything on that subject right now. But I also think that we don't have to have everything perfect or not even perfect that we don't have to see the whole chessboard before we move I realize that as I'm saying this a lot of this may not make sense unless you also have a tendency where you tend to see or think four steps ahead 
And maybe there's a space for talking through the in-between, those micro steps. And maybe part of that is why I tend to overshare or get into the nitty gritty when I'm telling stories. Because the process matters, which I know I've definitely seen on Instagram lately, which I don't, I don't mean to say this in a negative way, and I know I'm guilty of it sometimes, but sometimes I feel like Instagram has become like the bumper stickers of our lives in this carless environment that a lot of us are in, where we just have these like little taglines that we throw out there. Process matters, which definitely been on someone's Instagram so whoever said that I'm not calling you out because it clearly it's stuck and it's making me think which I guess is what it's supposed to do but <laughs> land the plane amber process I think does matter and so maybe there's space to talk to say things that are process things that aren't perfectly formed thoughts that aren't ideas that will change the world, but are just part of the daily process. Now I say that knowing that some of you will be like, good grief. If someone talks to me all day or talks me through the process of what they're thinking or feeling every moment, I'm going to kill them. I hear you. I am 80% also in that camp. I don't want to hear everybody's inner monologue, which... I guess is maybe cruel that I'm subjecting you to this, but I promise you I have a list. I made notes before I did this. But I think when we allow ourselves to speak freely, actually not, I think, I know. When we allow ourselves to speak freely, we create a sense of vulnerability and from that vulnerability flows community. And isn't that the whole point? That this life that we've been given is meant to be done with other people. And right now, most of why this sucks, other than the fact that thousands of people are dying and millions of people's lives will never be the same again, this sucks because it feels like we don't have community, that we're not able to do things together the way that we once could. But we can talk. And I say that as someone who lately has felt a lot of anxiety about talking, at least talking into my computer. It's harder to read body language. It's harder to hear those little cues that make it seem like something you say resonated with another person. But maybe there's space and value in what I have to say and what you have to say without getting that affirmation from someone else. And that I say with acknowledgement that that scares the crap out of me. I don't want to speak if my voice isn't going to be appreciated to some extent. But maybe there are things that we need to say regardless. It kind of makes me think of the practice of sometimes people write letters that they never send. Um, I say that as someone who couple days ago wrote a letter that I never intend to send and that can be a whole other episode or not I'm still trying to figure it out but there's a catharsis I think when we just allow ourselves to think to feel to be 
but even more to speak. Words carry meaning, words carry power. So I'm talking and to be honest, I've struggled really hard with what it would look like to land this plane for this first episode because I don't know quite what the big takeaway is. I know that it's been amazing to speak freely. I know that it's been a catharsis. There's a large part of me that questions, uh, is this something everybody needs to hear? Not everybody, only a select few, but that other people need to hear. And then I think about those times where I say something or I share something and I'm terrified that it's too much. I'm clogging up somebody's text message thread. I'm filling up their inbox. I'm wasting their time on the phone, Zoom, whatever. And then there's those moments when I'm in that space and I say what I'm thinking or I type out what I'm thinking, hit send, and the other person says something back and it doesn't have to be, wow, that was so wise or I needed that or whatever. Yeah, that's great. But there are those moments when whatever you say connects or resonates with someone else or completes a story that they had started that you knew nothing about if you wouldn't have said what you said. And it's just the most amazing thing. It's the bringing together of us as humans, as people who are doing this thing together, even if we're apart. And it's that community. And maybe that's the whole point. Yes, there's a way that you can be silent together and commune with another human being. I think some of the best relationships are those that you can be totally silent together and completely comfortable. Some of my favorite memories are those types of memories. But I don't know if that would be as beautiful if we didn't have a shared space to talk, if we didn't talk to each other. Because without the words, the silence wouldn't be as powerful. We would just be in our own heads or just resting in silence together. But with words, with talking, we're able to share experiences and communicate those experiences and bond with another human being. And somehow our stories all manage to interweave even when we have no idea sometimes what's going on in the other person's life. So I guess that's the point here. That I hope that something that you hear that you say whenever you're listening to this or later throughout your week, whatever you're going through, that you're able to say or hear something from someone else that completes a story for you. It doesn't have to be the big epic story ending or moving a chapter in your life forward, but maybe it's just a little thing, a thought that you had, a question you've wondered, a feeling that you thought was something that you just had on your own and you find out someone else also had it. I hope that. I hope for community even in the unprecedented times we live in. And I say that with a heavy use of air quotes. 
But I mean, let's be real. This is weird. None of us have done it before. There are no <laughs> kind of tried and true wisdom leader people to follow who have done this and can say, hey, I've done it and it gets better. We're all doing it together and it's crazy. But I for one know it has been made a lot less miserable and enjoyable by being able to hear other people's perspectives. So let's talk. Let's keep talking. I'm going to keep talking. Hopefully you'll keep listening. So I'll see you next time. Whatever that is. Thank you.